How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Yeah, how are you? Oh, you know, um, just uh, sitting down at my at the bar in my kitchen, um, as I normally do, because this is totally normal, and I'm feeling very normal. Mm-hmm. Just tell me more about feeling normal. Um, that's a, that's a, yeah, feeling normal. It doesn't feel like anything at mm, all. Um, it's like I think air. It's yeah. Or the, um, the, I guess the David Foster Wallace, this is water kind of thing. And mm. that kind of corny way. Mm. Um, but it's funny because I do think that, um, being normal or feeling normal is just noticing the absence of deviating from your, your mean, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a fun thing to notice if, you like me are um deviate often yes yes um i have an app that i use on my phone that um it lets you like track your mood and stuff um and so I, normal to me is like calm or like um just like average like fine i guess um, and then mm-hmm. I can track on that the sort of deviations, and boy, do they deviate. <laughs> that is not what, I mean, that's what I like to hear, but like in a cool, <laughs> not fucked up way. Yeah. Well, yeah, we are, we're just normal. No, bar, you said you had a, I'm picturing what I'm sure is not true, but you said you had a bar in your kitchen. It's like, um, it's not really a bar. It's like if, uh, if there were an island, but it was connected to the floor and the wall. Um, I see. I see. So it's kind of, um, a peninsula. Yeah. It's, it's a peninsula. It's got three sides that are facing air. Um, mm. but it's also, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very nice bit of countertop, I think. Um, and I like putting things on it like my laptop currently, or like bottles of wine or maybe, um, you know, some eggs, some cheese. I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a countertop. It's a, but it's it's stuff. it's one of the sturdier things in my life. I think it's good to have something like that. Yeah, it's good to have something that is like a rock. Um, it is very much rock like. Yeah. Um, but it's also it's funny because I think it mainly functions as um, a psychic divider of the space, right? Because I live in New York, in Brooklyn, in a New York City Brooklyn apartment, um, which is obviously not as big as some places um, that I've lived or I've been. Um, but it's funny because there are all these in these apartments, there are all these concessions to like making spaces feel different instead of one undifferentiated mass. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, this Island does that for us because it's the kitchen living room um, area. is just one open area. And it would feel really weird if there weren't like, if there was like a the stove and the burners right next to like the, the couch. Um, and so the Island has a job to do that. It does very well. Oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about now. So it kind <laughs> of it kind of jets out from the wall and differentiates that space, and it marks mm-hmm. the territory of, um, you know, yeah, all, of of kitchen versus living room. It's all about boundaries. It's so yeah. It it marks because without that, without the peninsula, we would have that liminal space, which mm-hmm. um, you know is so. Um, so well described by that one anthropologist whose name I can't remember. Um, and we don't like that. We don't want that. Um, right. It's confusing, you know? It is because like, what could, what could go in the space? What, like, what, what is that? What, what, what a hallway, like anything could happen in there. Yeah, it's, it's not, a it's not a room. It's between nope. rooms. And this is also why I don't like studio apartments because it's all just mm. one area it is upsetting to be in that space i have been mm-hmm. in a few i've never had one myself but you know when you walk into someone else's apartment and it's just like oh so this is i mean not that this is it now that i'm judging people like for that because <laughs> i would love to have a studio but more just like oh okay so we're like if i'm going into someone's apartment and it's like so whatever we're going to be doing in here we're going to be doing in full view of like the sink there's yeah there's something indecent about it right there's something indecent about like like having a bed super close to like uh, a stove and you know like what are you supposed to do like there's like a and yeah yeah i I do feel (laughs) whenever i do go into studio apartments i do feel constrained in a weird way but also like judged by the toilet and the sink and uh because they're 
I guess, wow, maybe, maybe this is all about uh, compartmentalizing things and um, feeling that the boundaries are too porous and feeling like you might slip between yes. them and lose yourself. Yes. And, you know, when we have different rooms, you know, different things take place in those rooms. And mm-hmm. when they're all sort of in one room, it does cause some kind of existential anxiety, I think. You know, you're thinking, oh, right, this is a reminder that this person eats and uses the bathroom and mm-hmm. does all these things that, um, of course, we know everyone does, but mm-hmm. we're not confronted with that every day. Right. I think most of society is structured such that we we do the things that uh, we do. We do the very bodily things that are that feel shameful in in private. Um, and when you sort of start violating that boundary, who knows where it ends, right? Oh, absolutely. I um, I actually wrote my master's thesis on oh, hell yeah. public bathrooms. <laughs> oh hell yeah! This is the good shit. Tell me about that. Oh, it's. It was bad. It was a bad thesis, and I wouldn't write it today if I were but doing. But what was the what well, was the seed the seed of the idea? It was just a lot about that. You know, I was reading a lot of sort of. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like an Irving Goffman, who is like a a big guy in like the mid 20th century about who did stuff about like symbolism and um and the way that interactions between people sort of shape spaces and, and shape social life um, oh. on a very like ma- oh. like micro level of like the kinds of performances that we're putting forward of like, mm-hmm. oh, I am an important person. You have to like listen to me. I am the host of the podcast or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I was reading a lot of that stuff and I somehow became interested in, in bathrooms. Um, and so it was just a lot about like how these spaces are like marked off. Um, mm-hmm. Like like you were saying, how, how you know, we sort of have... Um, a whole means of separating these sort of functions that we don't really like to talk about um, and like why that is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, I think, fear of contamination and disease because, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. whole, you know, the reason we have like irrigation and, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. It's like the whole thing about pooping in the woods, right? You got to leave your tent or your camp and go off a little ways. Um, and that's been happening for millennia. Um, in some way or another, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea. The idea, like, cause what you, what you described like as, you know, um, uh, basically like the idea that people's micro social interactions shape spaces is really fascinating because it like, it kind of reminds me of like, like, you know, like the psychic accumulation that happens when, when, um, when people do things in a space, mm. like, Right. Because like, I don't know, like when I walk into a bedroom, I know what goes on in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't know the people, like I know that there's a, there, there are things that have happened here. And that's also mm. like, you know, why, for example, when people have parties at their apartment, it also, it always feels weird to like, you know, hosts are usually like, okay, throw your coat in uh, in the bedroom. And it's always a little strange because it's always mm. like peeking into somebody's like private space where they, where they do their things. I know what happens in there. Yes. Reading. I know what happens in there reading and contemplation mm-hmm. and well but but also like i don't know it's you are truly alone kind of right because like you fall asleep that's just you that's like the longest you're alone every day i mean we are <laughs> we're assuming that we're sleeping alone so maybe we're revealing too no much but even if here. even if you're no i'm just saying even if you're sleeping with some beside somebody else you can't like when you're not awake, you're Enter by their yourself. dream world. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's a black mirror. Is <laughs> That is a black mirror. <laughs> you can share your dreams with someone now. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, my dreams are my no, own. No, they're my private. private. That's my private space where I go to be mm-hmm. antagonized by my high school teachers. Oh, wow. And that is tell a me about, sacred space. Tell me more about that. Is it like hallways and lockers? Or is it... Well... Um, no, I have the the sort of boring dream quite often of I'm mm-hmm. back in high school, but I'm the age that I am now, uh, which is like 21 probably or like mm-hmm. 22, whatever. Um, and I haven't been to class all year and now I have an exam. And then at some point, usually what happens is I realize that I, I do have a master's degree already and that <laughs> probably they might, my, my grad school isn't going to look up, you know, it's not going to be a cascade effect where I didn't go, I didn't finish high school. So that like trickles up. So I'm like, ah, fuck this. And I leave. Um, but it is for those first few minutes, pretty alarming. 
That sounds, <laughs> but that feeling of relief must be so powerful. It is, is good. That, it is good. Is, it, is that when you wake up? Uh, I think typically. Now, the worst dream is um, a kind of variation of that, but it's where I am a teaching assistant and I haven't shown up all all semester. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then I'm like, oh, am I going to get fired? Or like, how did no one yell at me before now? Or like, how did I not realize that this is when my like class was? Um so that's like sort of the evolved form. Like if that were, if that dream were a Pokemon, like that's what it would evolve into. <laughs> Do you have okay. any of those kinds of dreams of like the, oh, I forgot something or like the anxiety dream? No, um, I oh. don't, I don't usually remember my dreams, but I frequently wake up. I actually, it's, it started happening recently I, where I wake up and I remember, or I like think about the dream that I just had and realize it was a nightmare, but only after the fact, huh. which is kind of a horrifying thing. Um, <laughs> but then you're, you're already so far beyond it. You can't, it can't touch you. Right. But there was, um, I, I had, a, I had this dream the other day. This is the only one I remember. Um, but I was in the middle of a crowd. Um, and I was, uh, it was a, a mass of people. We were just out and like, there's like, it was, it was like a field, but it wasn't, it felt like a field, but it was like a nothing space. There weren't any like differentiators between uh-huh. like, there weren't any walls. Um, and it wasn't outside, but it wasn't inside. Uh, and I just was among all of these people and we were just wait, we were waiting for something. And we, we just, you know, we're kind of shuffling around, like looking at each other, like wondering why we were all there. And then there was like a disturbance in the middle. I was kind of like out, out in, you know, out in the, near the edge of the circle. And, uh, this, this person like floated up like from the, the middle of the circle and, you know, and was like, oh shit, like this is like a, a Jesus thing. And it's like, this mm. is a savior. And we all thought it was like a savior and we were all getting excited. And, you know, this figure kept rising into the sky and, uh, and they stretched out their hands and this like, like this blue line came out. It was like a ribbon and it like, it, it stretched downward and started working its way through people and just touching them, you know? And so mm. like everyone, by the end, everyone was linked, uh, linked together and, what I realized then in that moment was like the blue line actually was it symbolized everything bad we'd ever done to each other and everything bad we did to other people. And that was how we were linked. And it wasn't the savior. Oh <laughs> and my it was, God. This, I know it was like, I, I woke up and I was like, I didn't feel bad. And then I thought about it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? And I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of, you know, weird horror that goes on um, when I'm oh. alone in my head. Yeah, that is that that there was a twist there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, man. I don't know why. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't had that dream again, so. Well, that's good. I do I will say I do lucid dream a little bit occasionally, and that's oh. like always fun. When yeah. you just realize when you realize you're dreaming, you're like, "Oh, fuck yeah." Like and the, the battle is not it doesn't become like what can I do? It becomes like I don't want to wake up <laughs> mm. uh, because it, the natural tendency is to like wake up when you realize you're dreaming. Right. Cause it's like, well, I want to be awake now. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't think I've, I don't know if I ever <laughs> have done a lucid dreaming. Well, if, if you spend enough time on the internet, which I think you have probably um, if we follow each other on Twitter, you probably have. Um, but there are like manuals for this stuff. Yeah. I've heard and when of I was, that. Yeah. And I remember in high school, I was, I looked this up cause I was like, what, this is, this is weird. I think it was some like forum thing. And then I found all of these websites that are dedicated to like inducing lucid dreams. And the first step they tell you is all of these sites is to just keep a dream journal. So every time you wake up, just write something down, like write mm-hmm. down everything you remembered. And the whole point of the thing is to recognize what it feels like to be dreaming. So you can oh. wake up. So you can wake your mind up in the middle of the dream. Of course, the inverse of this is sleep paralysis, which I don't know if that's happened now to you. Now I do get that. Yeah, me too. It's the most awful thing. That one is uh, bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not great. Yeah. But yeah, sleep is like mysterious and horrifying. Because the other thing is that like people... I, I feel like scientists... I, I, you, please, somebody fact check this for me. But I'm pretty sure that no scientists really know why we sleep or why other animals no sleep. No one really does know. That's and, true. And it's it seems to like have this kind of like self cleaning function, um, like it like cl- cleans the clutter out of your mind because like, but the other thing is like, okay, why does it take so long to do that every night? But also like, if you stay awake too long, you die. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like you can die from sleep deprivation. So it's got to be doing something. But anyway, this is one of those things that I try not to think too hard about. No, you shouldn't, um, because sleep <laughs> is when uh, the aliens switch our minds. Um, 
so they put some your mind in someone else's body or vice versa i forget anyway that's the plot of the film dark mm-hmm. city um which was kind of like the matrix i think before the matrix came out so uh yeah ever since i saw that i haven't slept and that was oh congrats about 20 years ago so um yeah i've been <laughs> dead for about 20 years um i'm a ghost now and i don't need to sleep well i'm glad the ghosts can have podcasts that's that's very cool well ghosts that's have like... made some big strides you know? <laughs> yeah yeah that's good uh <laughs> man uh it being a ghost doesn't seem that nice though um depending on the kind of ghost you are right because, what are like, the pros and cons of being a ghost in your mind um pro uh you, um you, you're i don't even actually know Pro, the soul I, uh survives it, beyond the destruction of the physical body yeah but should it um well that's not for me to say <laughs> i'm not an ethicist one more thought on sleep before i start thinking about this too hard um the funniest thing to me is the Uber Ubermensch sleep schedule. Uh, oh, what is that? Oh man, this is oh, this is the best shit. Um it's like basically kind of like the soylent of sleep, but um all of these like Silicon Valley bro types um really like they 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 like in in service of trying to optimize their lives, they they get on this schedule where apparently you sleep in 20 minute increments throughout the day. So it's like you sleep 6 20 minute increments. So you're sleeping like only a fraction of the time you're supposed to sleep. Um, but like, you're supposed to be like happy, healthy, well-rested, feel well-rested, um, and like more productive. Uh, obviously that is not what happens when you actually try and do this schedule. Uh, and this was like very successfully parodied or yeah, parodied and season, um, it, in high maintenance actually, it was like one of, I think the fifth cycle, it was the one about the, the guy who put crystals in his dick. Um, yeah, it's good. You should go watch it. Okay. Well, I was going to say, this is but just I... a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> There's an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer does this. Yep. So it's an old concept. He says it, he... Da Vinci invented it. Maybe he did. I Maybe. don't believe that. I don't think TV so writers, TV writers lie. That's what they do professionally. Mm-hmm. And they make things sound good, which is cool, but um, very difficult. But they're very good at making things seem plausible. But the funniest thing to me is like it is seemingly like the, the the fear of going to sleep and also the fear of death are like one in this it's the same thing. Mm. And so all of these Silicon Valley bros are also very afraid to die. Um, so they seastead and they cryogenically freeze themselves uh, and try and sleep in twenty minute increments every day. So you think um, that they would be? So really, what you're saying is instead of doing dealing with the whole sleep thing, which is ultimately just um, just a misplaced effort what they should do is do research into ghosts yes i think that's you know freezing yourself i mean that sounds complicated it's um there's a whole thawing out thing Mm -hmm. it's Um, literally the plot of futurama like that's the first episode futurama it happens in austin powers what you need to do really is to make yourself into a ghost and the way that Mm -hmm. you do that according to the plot of the uh cinematic release of the casper uh story oh, the, right. the yeah, casper yeah. movie in the 90s i believe the way that you do that, do that is by having unfinished business so you right. deliberately kill yourself when you're not done something and then you just never finish that thing and then you live forever so Except there you're dead. peter yeah. Thiel, i solved it for you you did you really did and i mean worst case scenario what you turn into beetlejuice beetlejuice was tight um <sighs> also named after a star which i only learned like later after i saw that movie as a kid all of us did yeah yeah what a good name but um yeah it's I, what are what are the pros in your mind of being a ghost i feel like pros i feel like you have some ghost, ghost thoughts being a ghost Pro, ghost pros um pranks playing pranks okay um if you're into that kind of thing very fun are, are you are you into pranks are you a pranking person i think i would be if i were a ghost because I don't know what else there is to do because as ghost taught us, um, does take quite a lot of effort to like interact with the physical world. So like once you learn how to do that, I mean, you're basically just doing pranks, right? Like what else? I mean, you could save Mm -hmm. babies or something and say you could help people. You'd be helpful. Ghosts. ghosts, I I mean, I, I feel like Casper did a lot for their image rehabilitation, but also ghosts like don't seem to do anything except like, 
do harmless pranks, but also like freak people out a lot. It, it doesn't seem very altruistic. I don't think you can be a ghost superhero. Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, that is a concept that hasn't been explored as much as it could be. Ghost superhero. Mm-hmm. That could be a thing. Um, it could be. Well, maybe Peter Thiel will be the first ghost superhero. Maybe when Let's... he dies, he'll just have a sudden change of heart. Or maybe that's why you <laughs> can't be a ghost superhero, because you just sort of become a hell man when you die. <laughs> hell man? Um, <laughs> what? There's a Please lot of cons for being a ghost though it's Um, i think i would agree i think you're stuck in one place yep um or at least you're sort of there's like an invisible one of those like dog um uh electric fences yeah it's one of those basically you like don't seem to be able to leave like at best you died on like a stately manor or like a country home Mm -hmm, and then you can mm -hmm. sort of roam the grounds at worst you died in like a tiny apartment and you're stuck in this new york studio apartment do you think that's worse though because i feel like stately manors don't really get a lot of guests and like once once the family's gone and it falls into disrepair like what do you do you're wandering the grounds forever yeah you don't have any ghost pals and then you're just fodder for ghost hunters exactly but also the most horrifying thing about being a ghost is just being like living forever i think like just well you wouldn't live forever I mean, you'd be dead, but you know what no, I mean? No, like, I mean, you wouldn't ex- be undead forever, forever well, when either. Do, when do you go away well, as a ghost? At, when somebody hunts point, you? Or, well, okay. Or at, do you finish your business? What if your business can't be finished? Well, even then, at some point, the sun consumes the earth, and I have to imagine, then you die. No, or, no you're still stuck roaming the spot where you were, where you were ghosted. Okay, you, you first well, became then a ghost. at some point, all the universe either uh, contracts and um, falls into like a single spot of whatever of universe again or uh-huh. it expands so much that it cools out and all motion and Everything. life is dead forever and i because have to no assume that includes ghosts yeah i you know i don't know because we're talking about spiritual matters not matter matters it's spectral <laughs> energy though you still can't the the laws of physics must still apply you can't create so- or destroy energy is that's that true. a thing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter, matter can either be created or destroyed, something like that. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I had a, a thought that might be mildly horrifying, which is uh, all the ghosts that do pranks are young ghosts because they're trying to hold on to oh, their minds. Because, because think about it, right? The older you get as a ghost, the less and less reality has to do with you. And you, I mean, first of all, you're obviously completely forgotten within generations, but then... Like, you're stretched, like, you know, facing the infinite maw of time, like, moving forward. Like, you will lose your mind because there's not going to be, like, what do you think about, you know? Yeah. Well, and, maybe that's why ghosts do those things. Well, that's that's why I said they're young. Because, like, when, when their minds go, then they're, you know, maybe that's when you die as a ghost. When time finally overwhelms you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, horrifying thoughts. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what other, what if you could be a spook or a specter or a ghoul or a goblin or any any of those not just those four things but you know like in that that sort of realm um which what would you be like if you could be a werewolf or like a a dracula or like a mummy that's a really good question like if i could be like sort of sort of evil undead yeah if you could be a universal monster or anything sort of in that in that realm it doesn't have to just be one of those yeah, that's a good question. I have to think about that. Can we come back to that? I, I, Let's come I, back um, to it. I, I feel like it's like. Did you ever watch The Lobster? No. Ooh, it's a it was a very good movie. It came out in 2016. It's extremely bleak. Um, basically, the premise is that uh, if you become unpartnered, like if you lose your wife for some reason, or your husband for some reason, um, or your whatever, um, and you're unpartnered, you are sent to a hotel where you have 40 days to find someone else from all of the single people in this hotel. Um, and if you don't, you're turned into an animal of your choice. Uh, so all of the animals in this world are like vaguely sentient. (laughs) (laughs) And so there are people who opt out. These people roam in the woods, um, and the guests at the hotel are made to shoot them with tranquilizer darts and bring them back to the hotel so that they can be transformed into animals as right and proper. Um, any, anyway, this is kind of, that feels like kind of what you're asking, like with the, the, you know, I think that's what I'm asking. (laughs) 
No, but like, it, it's like what animal? What, I'm not like, what asking thing would you, you to be? go shoot someone with a tranquilizer dart. Well, what I'm saying is like the premise, right? Like you get turned into an animal. Okay, if that's you don't different. Though. That's, like, that's what animal would you be? That's a personality test. I'm asking a perfectly harmless question. That's it, the same personality no, test. It has no psychological implications whatsoever. Uh, I find that hard to believe, but I will think about it. Okay. Okay. Well, well, what animal would you be? Fuck, that's a good question. I would probably pick, probably pick something. I don't know something that something fun and modest and just like a untouchable regular dog. No, God, no? no. Oh no, no, no. Um, I I think I would probably pick like. Oh God, this is really hard too. Because I'm thinking of like okay, the pros of like the joys of flight, uh, the cons of being an endangered species. The like, what if I wanted to just be a blue whale? You know, like and just hang out down there with my whale pods, my whale bros, mm. or like, what if I like, you know. Um, want to be like, uh, well, I obviously don't want to be a prey animal, right? Because you don't want to get eaten. But like, what Do if you I don't want to be, be a like... horse? No, no, me neither. <laughs> but like, think about it. Like, what if I wanted to be one, like an anaerobic microbe that like lived in a gas vent on the surf of the bottom of the ocean? Like, well, now you're just being difficult. <laughs> you want to be uh, a, uh, what's that thing? Um, the su- immortal super bug, super Oh, you mean a a tardigrade? You want to be a tardigrade? Nah. They look kind of stupid. Water bear? They look look very dumb, I think. They look stupid. Um, Like in a cute way, but kind of, you know, like a little dumb. No, they look stupid. Like, let's not pull punches here. Um, (laughs) I would be a black-footed cat. Okay. Because they're the they're the deadliest cat on Earth. Okay. And when I say that, I don't mean that, like, they kill the most people. Um, I don't think they've ever killed anyone. I mean, they're the most successful hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they weigh less than five pounds, <laughs> which is the greatest so thing in like the world. Dangerous balls of fluff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they're super, super good at hunting. Um, but like no one, I don't think people hunt them and they just sort of run around uh-huh. eating mice and stuff. And they're like a real, real small um just do their thing huh or just a regular dog because like who's gonna or like not like a regular dog but like a really good dog you know (laughs) a really good boy yeah like a big dog um because people love dogs they do so that's undeniable um yeah i don't know i feel like i'd probably pick like like some kind of like hawk like found on like the steps Mm. of eastern asia you know like just because like i don't know like there there are these like definite like hunter societies that still use birds to hunt which is tight but also like i don't know i can't i, I honestly don't know how to answer that question like I, that's I, okay you don't have to maybe i'll maybe i'll tweet it out after after this goes up after this is live okay. with, maybe i'll have, have an answer by then i'm still working on the magical creature um, would you be so you were saying you would be like an eagle or something something that like would well this is a metaphor for freedom isn't it oh um, i thought it was a metaphor <laughs> for the philadelphia eagles no but that was a great game uh i didn't really watch it i don't really like football um because the brain injury thing is really concerning and also the the the, the whole dispro- disproportionate number of people in that league are black um it's and super that, upsetting because like, like you think about it right like you have these owners who just sit in their boxes like liver spotted looking evil like mm-hmm. radiating malevolence mm-hmm. and money uh watching their players like kill themselves on the field and they do this they've done this for decades <laughs> yeah i um when I so to bring it back to the TAing thing, um, I went to grad school at a big state university, and mm-hmm. that was my first exposure to like American football because I grew up in Canada and like we don't have sports really. I mean, we do, but it's like not a big mm-hmm, deal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the CFL, I, the CFL is a thing. Well, no, or, we have, so yeah, we informed. have the CFL, but like college football and stuff, mm-hmm. it exists, but it's like not really a big deal. But then, like coming down here, um, and like um like there were a lot of student athletes in my classes and so i sort of like learned about how it works and like that whole system is super exploited like just it's like the the pipeline from like student athlete to like pro player mm-hmm. every step of the way there's like these older white guys making tons of money and like in student mm-hmm. athletes you're not allowed to make money you're and then even not yeah you're legally not allowed and then like when you get to like pro leagues you're making like what like maybe hundreds of thousands but like you're literally killing yourself well you're making millions i think i think like uh even like a 
bench warming contract is like what seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that. it's like some like crazy amount of money but yeah no it's it's horrifying like when you think about it um and for a long time people didn't and now they're kind of starting to but what's worse to me is that like it seeming seemingly nobody cares like mm. it's not like our personal concerns are really going to change uh, a money-making entity of that size you know um but then maybe then again maybe not because maybe i'm wrong because uh we've successfully pulled off a lot of a lot more important social movements um in american history so like who you know who knows but yeah. it does take a cultural shift a shift in attitudes and norms it does it does <laughs> Speaking of shifts in norms and oh, please, uh, go on. and values, lay it um, on me. What do you think about this whole thing that Vince McMahon says he's going to bring back the XFL? Oh yeah! Oh, I'm really <laughs> I am uh, I am all over the place on that. That's um that's the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. It's just it's like very so these funny. people these people like they literally live in the 80s. Like I guess like. Maybe that's possible with enough money and cocaine, but like, yeah. it seems like, you know, like, okay, like you're, you you want to make this explicitly political thing that no one is going to fucking watch, but also like, bruh, like who wants to watch like a league of inferior athletes, you know, like it's going to be the dregs. It's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be like explicitly, like stupidly politicized. Like you're not allowed to kneel. I, you're not allowed to protest. You can't protest. Oh my God. But like. Who is this stupid? Like, who is still this determined to fight the culture war? You know, that, that's the thing that was really concerning. Because, so like, because <laughs> like Trump is doing this. Trump does the same thing with the NFL. Like the whole protest thing, like that he you know calls players sons of bitches if they kneel. Uh, where like people who like serve in the military are like, no, no, no. Actually, like they they, they should do that. Like that's good. That's mm-hmm. free speech. Um, it's just it's utterly horrifying to me. But I don't know. Like then again, like that dude, the president guy. Um, has a real knack for shifting the way uh, the public thinks about things. Like now, like there was a the study that came out recently that showed like now, like 38% of Republicans trust the FBI after the whole like <laughs> Nunez <laughs> memo. Like what, how did that happen in like two years <laughs> down from like 60% or 70%? I will have, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it just, it, it flabbergasted me that people still think the culture war is relevant. Um, and also that, like, you know, we still have opinion columnists writing about it every week. <sighs> Shouts out to the New York Times conservative op-ed page editor, the, oh, mass, the maestro of trolling. I love it. I love it. They're just so good at their jobs. Are they? Because I think the problem is, like, if it were a job, it'd be one thing. But they seem to genuinely believe the things that come out of their pens and mouths. They're just so good at believing the things that they say. I just, I just really admire the work that they're doing over there. <laughs> I can't tell if it's like a talent or a flaw, believing what you yes, say. That is true. Like, is it a whole, uh, y- you know, that, that thing Dunning Kruger, Dunning, yeah. Dunning Kruger. Yeah. I think Dunning Kruger. I think. Uh, is it that where the less, you know, the more confident you are? Um, oh, hundred percent. I think it's that. Yeah. No, it is comforting to, to think that, I mean, to be fair, like, being a columnist writing every week is a very difficult job. Um, it's, you know, especially if your audience is like millions of people and they will, yell, they do and will yell at you. Um, but like at the same time, like, you know, you have to be kind of like humble about that whole thing. Like you, you have to like not become like a psycho out of touch person. Right. Cause the whole point of a columnist is to like have informed an informed citizens perspective on the world. Um, is at it? its essence, I mean, it's it, it, opinion columnists. Yes. In their essence, that's what they do. They advance an agenda, but it's like cloaked in, eminent reasonableness um mm. but yeah then again like i don't know as a person in, in the news media like it is infuriating when people um you know online or whatever will cite like opinion pieces that run in a separate section as like evidence that like a whole news institution is like biased or wrong or out of touch um because there's a whole it's, there, there's a whole separate team that does that stuff and it, you know the distinction really gets lost and i think that's part of why i'm like angry about the whole thing but then again i don't know this is a the fun journalist thing that we just talk about and do yell about opinion columnists. Well, they ruin it for everyone. They really do. Yeah. Anyway, um, I try not to think too hard about it. Um, don't think about that. Don't think about sleeping. Nope. Don't think about what kind of monster you'd be. Apparently. 
What kind of monster would you be? Like, what, if it seems what like kind you have of an monster? I am very intent on this for some reason that I just decided. <laughs> it's very important. Um, I need to look up a list of classic monsters now. Do you see what I mean? This is why I was like, this is why I was panicking. <laughs> I can't see think I of a question? monster. See? I, okay. I think I'm thinking of this because I was at the gym this morning um, and for some reason Supernatural was on one of the TVs. Okay. Alongside Let's Make a Deal uh with wayne brady is the host of that one now <laughs> okay um, so okay do you want to know the original films in the universal monster series sure um phantom of the opera or these okay. are the original monsters not the original mm-hmm, films. Mm-hmm, phantom of the mm-hmm. opera is the monster dracula frankenstein's mm-hmm. monster mm-hmm. wait this just says edgar <laughs> Allan poe which is totally, totally a monster i'd buy that Maybe he's Raven. This is confusing. Um, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's the the, the Telltale Heart. This, maybe this that's isn't a monster. Anything. Abbott and Costello. Yeah, that's that list is bad. This is bad. Wikipedia, you done bad here. Um, well, why don't you look up like classic D and D monsters? Cla- oh, but that's different. Then you got like Beholders, and that's a whole different thing. All right, all right. Like the first thing that came up was Beholder, Lich, Owlbear, Gelatinous mm-hmm. Cube. Yeah, that's a good Ooh. one. That is a good one. Uh, Mimic. That's the one that preys on greed, which is like a really good social commentary, I think. <laughs> you know that one? Uh, I don't, but it reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist, the whole like homunculi who are personified uh, seven deadly sins. Oh, no. Basically what it is is a treasure chest that or it looks like a treasure chest, but inside is like a monster. And when you try and open it, it just chomps down on you and then swallows oh, you. Tight. Yeah, I like that. It's good. That seems like lesson learned. Exactly. I mean, you're dad, so you can't learn a lesson, but no, nah, maybe some, sometimes. Oh, well, not if you turn into a ghost. Not like then you, you have the lesson. Ghost. The lesson is learned, but you have to keep learning that lesson because, like, does that mean mean you're inside the chest for eternity? Oh. So it's like the next person opens the chest, and like you're just chilling there, like as a ghost with like the other six hundred people. The chest. I think is you're eaten. describing Dark Souls, where you see someone's <laughs> spirit go to open the chest and they get eaten, um, and you're like, I'm not going to do that. So you, someone else learns a lesson from you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking of Bloodborne. Just yeah, like, that's the same. Same thing. Yeah. It's just, but like, there's no, there's like apparently a storyline, but I've never been good enough at the game to figure it out. No, me neither. There's not enough um, blood. There's a blood shortage or there's too much blood possibly. <laughs> yeah. How it's about Darth do Vader? With... Is that a monster? No. No, but James Earl Jones is tight. I, I like that. Um, uh... I like a no, I like a wolf man. A wolf man? That's yeah. pretty classic. I like a uh, a werewolf. That's cool, you know. Um mm-hmm. I always think of uh Seth Green in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. The really terrible uh, werewolf costume they had. <laughs> I never watched Buffy. So, confession. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. I know. Character flaw. No, but, no, um, no. it's fine fine. oh man but this is a really hard question to answer anyway maybe maybe i think we should put a pin in it and come back circle back back next year next year (laughs) all right i'll put it in my calendar um so are you you, i I understand from your from your internet online-ness that you're you're a gamer tell me tell me about your gaming what are you what are you playing right now i'm playing monster hunter okay exclusively that's good because that game has just taken over my life and i've lost control of my life um it is really good it's i mean really good though also they called the cats palicos they're called a portmanteau Palico. of pal and calico like whew. and they cook food for you oh yeah and they get to play the harp later on there's mm-hmm. a cat that plays a harp and so, you get to dress up your cat it's a good game. It's a good video <laughs> it's a good game. game. It's a good video game. So what what is what what do you like most about it? What like keeps you coming back? Okay. Well, I could talk about how I like how it looks. Like it's very pretty. It's no, very I mean, lush. I, mean I, I mean the real reason. <laughs> the real reason is that yeah. it has a loop of gameplay that hooks directly into the part of my brain that gets addicted to things mm-hmm. and makes me want to keep doing more of it. Um, and so that is what's happened to me. And the last time this happened, 
I guess Stardew Valley kind of did this to mm-hmm. me. It doesn't mm-hmm. really happen that much with games anymore. I associate this more with like being a kid. Like this game feels really similar to like the Fantasy Star Online series to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same kind of like you're exploring an area, you like fight big monsters, they like drop things that you sometimes make into stuff. Um, and so that just the kind of looping of it is very like satisfying, but like. So in a way, like, okay, so I have a weird relationship to games where, like, as a kid, I, like, unknowingly used them to kind of dissociate a lot. Um, oh, God. And I sort of realized that I was doing that at one point and was like, oh, this is bad for me. But now, with, like, the various stresses, you know, that we all have in our lives and mm-hmm. with you know, mental health stuff and whatever, sometimes I'll be like, no, actually, I think dissociating from reality would be a good idea for a few hours. But then you do get that to that point where you're like, I've been doing this for like four hours now. Is this mm-hmm. like, I feel like I've accomplished something, but then I step back and I'm like, have I, <laughs> did I accomplish something by like killing that monster and crafting and turning it into a hat? Was that an accomplishment really? Well, it, I mean, it depends on whether you mean like, because like feeling emotionally accomplished is also a thing. Like that's, that's a good thing. That is true. Like it's not, it's not that it's all bad. It's just that. No. You know. And I think there is a danger in sort of, I think when you go down that road, you start to be like, well, what's the point of anything? Um, like I feel smarter cause I read a book or like I felt emotions cause I read that book, but did I really feel them? Um, and it's like. <laughs> The the nice thing about this compared to some other games is that you can play it with your friends. So that's been mm-hmm. a big thing for me is like, oh, yeah, like all my fr- that's sort of the reason I got it is because all of my friends are playing it. And so it's mm-hmm. like some of them don't live in New York. Um, some of them live in other countries. And it's like this is a cool way to like kind of hang out with them um, yeah. and also hunt um, a giant T-Rex. Uh, I, I've been doing the same thing a lot lately. Um and it's, I think it's cause I, I, I'm a, I'm a freelance writer, which means that like, I have all of the time in the world, but none of the time. Cause it yes. means every day is every day is a weekend, but also every day is a Monday. Um, but Damn. I, Damn. <laughs> but, um, I started, so my, my roommate, um, is a, a big gamer. Uh, I used to game a lot in high school, but I kind of stopped in college and, you know, I've been picking it up here and there. Um, I finally got a switch. So like now I'm current gen, um, oh, instead of like playing like just final fantasy seven over and over. Um, but I like so I I got into their game group uh, even though I don't have a PS4 and they play Overwatch. Um, but I lost like eight hours on Saturday playing video games with these people. Oh who my were, like, god! They're, they're like now my I mean obviously we're friends, but like yeah. I didn't really know them and I didn't like like we I mean like we have a, a group text uh, called Squid Squad now. It's like yeah, you, like somebody texts <laughs> like at whatever time they're like you guys want to slam like you ready. <laughs> And I'm always up to slam. I don't know. Um, but it, it's been, it was really fun to like, cause you do feel accomplished. You feel like you're working on a team. But as, um, one of my smartest friends said, um, he was telling me about his like, you know, game, like online gaming sessions with his friend who lives on the other side of the country, uh, and how they were basically just phone calls. Like, yeah, it's just, that's how, yeah. that's how, pe- that's how, like, I guess I, I will say dudes, because I think <laughs> like, that's how dudes like talk on the phone is via, you know, playing games with each other and pretending that they're not doing the things they're doing. No, but I think there is real value in that. Like, I think, I do too. Um, especially, I don't think it's like, because I think having something to do while you're sort of hanging out with someone can sort of take the pressure off, but also like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just having a shared activity. It's like watching a movie together or like going and doing something together. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's exactly the same. Or even just like, like I wrote a piece recently on just like watching people play games, which is something mm-hmm. I really like too. Just like chatting while they play something. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, it's fun. So like, yeah, I don't, I yeah. think that's like, that's totally true. It's funny. Cause it reminds me of um, uh, Ben Lerner's last book, which, and this is also like a douchey lip bro thing to say, but um, there's a scene in it where like, he's, he's walking with his best friend who's a woman and they're walking beside each other. And he makes a note to say like, that's the best way to talk about, intimate things and things that like hurt mm. because you don't have to actually look at the other person, but they're yeah. still there right beside you. Because yeah. like half the time, like talking about the thing that is scaring you or the thing that bothers you or the thing that like hurts you, um, that this person is either responsible for or involved in, um, 
it, half the, the discomfort, emotionally speaking, I think comes from looking at their face because you see how they're reacting to your words in real time and you adjust accordingly. Absolutely. I mean, I will say, um, yeah, I've had some pretty serious conversations over like Mario Kart when like mm-hmm. both of us were just like watching Mario Kart and we're just like talking. Um, it's, I mean, it's maybe the same kind of reason why, um, you know, analysts have you lie down on a couch. Um, mm-hmm. I actually kind of wish that I could do that I, in my therapist's office. And I'm sure I could, if I asked her, like not sit and like look at her, but just like look up at the ceiling. But it seems mm-hmm. I'm, I'm way too awkward to like ask if, if I can do that. Well, maybe try it. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I, it's funny. Cause like, I, I get the same feeling that I do. I like, I feel like that's the same feeling as like, I don't know. I like going on long walks with people, which is like a really corny thing to say, but like, it's, it's really nice to, to just like be with somebody and also like not feel the need to do anything, but like the thing that humans do, which is walk. Like, you know, it's just like, that's yeah. all you, like you can focus on anything else. And like, uh, you, I don't know, like I, I've had some of the best conversations of my life, just walking around, you know, like looking at like, like drinking a coffee or like looking at um, like a, the fall foliage or something. But um, it, it, there's something about it. There's something about movement that also like makes you feel a little safer. Cause it, it's like, you can always like walk away if you, mm. if something, if something is threatening, but I, yeah, anyway, I had this, I had an experience with a similar experience with this person. Um, I, um, we were like meeting up for the first time in a while and um, I had to, give her some stuff back um and vice versa and instead of like meeting somewhere we just walked around and it was so much better that way it was so much easier to talk about the things we needed to talk about yeah i'm a big fan mm-hmm. um speaking <laughs> of things that we're fans of do you want to move on to the only segment that we do on the show oh yeah i i, I heard i've heard a lot about this um yeah i'm, yeah. I'm very excited to to recommend something i think but i don't know what it's going to be yet i think well, i'm just going to make a, a game time decision yeah i mean that's you know all you can do although i will say that that whole walking thing is a pretty good rack and if you want to <laughs> i will I allow you to that. use that okay um, well i i want to see if i can come up with a new one Okay, well, before we we do that, we have to say the name of the segment so that we can play the theme song that goes along with it. And the name of the segment is Get Wrapped. Get Wrapped. And here we are in the segment now. Um, We, you know, it's very important, again, to have things like that to sort of differentiate between the segment and not the segment, because otherwise it gets very confusing and... um, and we don't, we like to minimize that here. Um, <laughs> just like with the islands and the, the, the doors and the hallways. Um, so would you like me to go first while you think if you're going to come up with one or just, use I the would, other? I, I would, I would like you to go first. Um, also side note, I did find a better list of fantasy creatures and monsters. Oh, yes. Thank you. We will get to that as well. Okay. So go, go on. All right. Um, Okay, what am I going to do this week? Normally I have something prepared. Um, okay, I'm going to sort of go off-road here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend something that I haven't really used yet, but that seems really cool and is free. So, like, you know, if it's not great, at worst, you've lost, like, 10 minutes of your life. Um, I was recently looking into watching more movies Mm-hmm. and um, it's something, I don't know, I'm just one of those people who, like, has a hard time sitting still and watching a movie. Um, and uh, But I'm like, no, I need to watch more movies, and uh, I was, you know, I have a Netflix account, or, like, my family has a Netflix account that I use, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've looked on Netflix recently, but their movie selection has gotten worse and worse over the past few years. Um, their TV selection is pretty good but films especially if you go to like classic films there's like 30 something and Mm -hmm. half of them are like documentaries um so i was like where can i find like actual movies that i want to watch that aren't you know pixar films from the last couple years which you know could be cool but aren't all that i'm looking for so someone recommended this site called canopy with a k um Mm -hmm. And so I was looking into it and like, it's the streaming service that is tied to 
libraries. So if you have a library card, um, I think it's just U.S., but um, I'm not sure. But basically, you sign in through your library, and you have access to, like, all of these, like, this huge range of films, a lot of which are, like, classic kind of films, but also, like, a huge range of documentaries, all kinds of stuff. And um, you, it's free. There's, like, a limit to how many films you can watch per month. So, like, um, mm-hmm. I think, so I signed in through the um, Brooklyn Library, which is where my account is. And um, I think I have, like, six uh six movies a month which is still pretty good and like probably i'm not going to use that that many (laughs) um but it seems really cool there's like a really good selection um and uh yeah i would i would say check it out because again it is free it's through Mm -hmm. libraries so libraries are incredible um libraries are great they're the old they're like i i realized this i was in san francisco the other day uh and i like i needed a place to go to kill some time before my friend arrived and i realized that the only place i could go where i didn't have to spend any money and i could stay for as long as i wanted was a library and like you know they have it was just you know the internet was fast it was reliable it was air conditioned i was just sitting there like on my computer um like obviously fucking off but it was i i i'm i i do think that the common sentiment that if libraries didn't exist, no one would want to invent them now uh, mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. Because, what would the, yeah, exactly. The value proposition um, there. It's, it's, it's just like, there's no sense of cultural, uh, cultural good. Um, in any case, I think that's a great recommendation. Um, I, what would I recommend? I think um, I would recommend going on more walks, but mm. I would also, I think, so I was in um, Ohio last year uh, a few times for the story that I'm working on, um, and it has to do with heroin. It has to do with th- this police force that I decided to profile. Never spent so much time with cops in my life. Um, it's weird because they're all very, like, they're very like very nice community policemen who like know everybody in town. I know all like you know they act as more like social workers and parents than like authorities of the law. In any case. I was riding around. I did a lot of ride along. So I was riding around, um, and I can't remember if it was the sun had set or we were. I think the sun was setting. We were driving around these back roads in this busted ass town in, in um, I think, eastern Ohio, in eastern Ohio by Pennsylvania. And this guy was telling me, you know, like the about the area and the area where this town is in is apparently very known for its Bigfoot sightings, and so I, I think. There was this there was this moment where I, you know like where the sun was setting I saw this like giant cloud of pollution coming from the factory uh, the waste incinerator that was somehow placed by an elementary school uh, which is now closed by the way uh, and I don't know it was like one of those moments where I could feel like the universe or something like like expanding mm. uh, and I think what I want to recommend is like that feeling where you, where you where you learn something and, and you learn about a, a thing in a place. And like your your knowledge expands, but also like you feel like a bunch of new do- doors of possibility open. I don't know if I could recommend a feeling, but like that's, that's you can the feeling totally I recommend. recommend a feeling. Just like the where things get a little bigger and a little a little less um, constrained or boxed in. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. That is a good recommendation. It's sort of ineffable it's an ephemeral Mm -hmm. recommendation but it is but uh, you can chase the feeling yeah you can um you gotta and shall we come back to the great question oh yeah okay so i found a couple different lists um let's see there are okay so dragons, obviously. Um, oof, wow, there's a whole Dungeons and Dragons section. That's too many. Um, okay, there are kobolds. There are mermaids, nymphs, orcs, satyrs, trolls, vampires, werewolves, giants, goblins, ents, uh, half orcs, half giants, uh, uh, questing beasts, sphinx, slifts, um, monopods. Okay, gremlins, hold on a second. <laughs> griffins. Monopods. So, oh yeah. Explain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just I opened the Wikipedia page. Are you, are you ready? <clears throat> Monopods, also 
Skyopods, Skyopods, Skyopodes, are mythological human creatures with a single large foot extending from a leg centered in the middle of their bodies. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, these pictures are incredible. Um, and I can feel the universe expanding. <laughs> Wow, that reminds me of the thing of the other one um, with the no head, but the face in the torso. I forget. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, something like European colonizers claim to have seen at some point. Oh, European colonizers. I mean, they said yeah, a lot sure. of things, though. They did say so much. That was they did probably the least harmful of the things that they said. <laughs> They um, said so much, and they did the most. They did the most. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we sure boiled it down there, huh? <laughs> they did the most. I think so. I think that's. I think that's true. Well, which one then? Which one? Oh, which creature? Monopod. Mm, fuck. No. Oh, that's one. One foot. One leg. One Come on. Foot. That's not even. You're just. That's not even a real thing. Using your. It is a thing, I mean, but... if you want one, just be a snake person, and then you still have exactly. one, but I'm... you're like a cool monster, not just one big pro- leg. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I think I would probably want to be like a, like a, a maybe like a a, a small dragon, <laughs> a little dragon. How small are we talking here? Oh, you know, like, like house cat sized. Okay, now why is that? show your work i don't know i just felt an affinity with a small dragon you wouldn't want to be big enough to 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 be slain yes so you're Um, you're like a friendly dragon i wouldn't say friendly but you know like like big enough to you know because a dragon the size of a house cat obviously is a disconcerting sight no matter who you are or what you've been doing um and you know because it's like small enough that people will approach you and if you know if you're friendly then maybe you can get along and if you're not friendly. They move along very quickly because you're still a dragon. Sure. Even if even if small. And also, I, I presume that means I would have a commensurately sized dragon horde of like gold Devil... and stuff. Wait, would they be tiny coins or just a few few regular size coins? I you know I think it would, I I think they'd probably be tiny coins. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, like tiny rubies and stuff. I like that <laughs> tiny rubies. Oh yeah. I like. Also, that it a means lot. that I could fly around. And nobody would be able to like ride me or anything. It's just. You know, freedom. You don't want that, except nope. like a mouse. A mouse could hop on. You think I'd be pals with a mouse? Probably eat a mouse. Fuck around and eat You'd a couple eat mice. A mouse? Yeah, if I were a little. I mean, if we're in this hypothetical, if I were a little dragon, yes, this definitely, one hundred percent. Upsetting to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much more I can hear about this fantasy of yours. Um, uh, the one I've just constructed for you specifically because the one you asked. that I demanded and <laughs> hounded you to produce whole cloth no it was great i'm just thank you for for um for speaking your truth (laughs) i spoke i I feel like i spoke a lot of truths today i think we all did we all spoke some truths we all heard some we learned them um And, and i think maybe we became better people i mean i'm feeling emotionally accomplished me too um yeah, maybe let's call it there then. Uh, now, is there anything that you want to share with people about your work? Or is there anything that you want to plug before we go or anywhere um, where you want to tell people to find you online? Um, yeah, I guess I can plug my Twitter page from which all else springs. Um, I am at Bijan, B-I-J-A-N, Stephen, S-T-P-H-E-N, um, on Twitter. Um, I have... A website there it's just this tumblr where i post links uh to things that i've written um but yeah i make i make dumb jokes bad memes um and i write a lot um and it would be nice if if you felt like it if you read and um i don't know yeah readers yeah. are nice i would love for you to become a reader be a reader <laughs> give a hoot read a book wait that's not is that how that... if no it's like if people don't have books don't fuck them no that's nothing that's a different quote um don't be a schmuck read a book oh my god Um, i just realized we have a giant weird al poster in this apartment that is weird al exhorting everyone who sees him to read a book weird al's a good guy he's a very good guy and the death of his parents very tragic i respect him i do too 
Well, um, but yeah, that's all I got. All um, right. Well, let's close on that note of respecting Myrdal and wishing him the best. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I had a great time. I'm so glad. Well, I will talk to you later online with text on the Twitter website. Yeah. See you online. <laughs> see you, see you online, folks. See you online. The information superhighway. Bada bing, bada bye. Later. That's nothing. Um, how do we normally end the show? I just say, I'll see you later. Bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co slash support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.